spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Super Light Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So what can you do in a Super Light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com. Code SUPER24. Hey, this is NFL legend, two-time Super Bowl champion, Gary Clark. You know what you got to tune into, right? You know what podcast is off the chain. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Burgundy Network Podcast, part of the Believe Podcast Network. And boy, do we have a, a tough one to talk about tonight. As always, I'm your host, Josh Taylor. And joining me from Atlanta, the, the opposition this week coming up, Brian Murphy. What's going on, Brian? What's up, man? Yeah, I wish we were talking about some good stuff, but uh, you're right. Got to move on to Atlanta week, but we got to break this down a little bit, unfortunately, but what an ugly one. Yep. Uh, Ron called this a measuring stick game, and it's like Buffalo took that stick and beat us over the head with it multiple times. Um, and we'll talk about it. Speaking of uh, hammering things, I hammered the over in this game, as I was telling you. And like you said, Buffalo almost did it themselves, thanks to our uh, Washington defense. But that's a good segue into our sponsor of the show, as always, Bet Online. And there was a ton of action this week. Mm -hmm. uh, Justin Tucker himself saved me a ton of money, breaking the record with the longest field goal in NFL history, which was bonkers, by the way. Like, I was way too hype about a kick, but like, I don't know if it's football or what. That was just one of the more magical plays ever. Um, but guys, Bet Online is the number one source for all of your betting needs this season with a new updated site, more odd props and contests. Bet Online just keeps getting better and better. Hopefully Washington's defense can. Um, so head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 100% welcome bonus on your first deposit, which is free money. So I'll take that all day long, but use the promo code NFL 100, which is NFL 100 to get that welcome bonus and sign up for bet online, your online sports book experts. And Brian, I told you I rewatched this game today. And it wasn't easy. It was, it yeah. was like, it was like watching a car accident happen. Like you know, it was getting ready to happen, and I went ahead and did it anyways. You said you couldn't fathom rewatching the game. I, I, it was replaying in my head. I mean, I saw the Bills scoring over and over again in my head. I didn't need to actually watch it, but kudos to you for sitting through that. I, I can barely take it when they lose once a week. I, I couldn't watch it happen twice. So. Uh, I'll be interested to see, you know, what you saw on the second time around, but I think uh, pretty obvious the first time around and anytime you watch that game, you want to throw it in the trash can uh, top to bottom, start to finish. I and mean, it was, it was pretty bad. Yeah. So I have a weird way of like watching the game. So I literally just like, I rewatch the game almost every single time, you know, if time allows for it. And I'll just write down like key points and like my notes, I reread them. And it's so funny. Cause I can tell like when I was so mad, cause I'm like writing hard on the paper and like exclamation points at certain points. Um, but I usually just watch like a Alabama murder ball game afterwards to like cleanse my soul, my football soul. But when I first rewatched this game, 
there was a consistent trend right away, and that's the first drive. Mm-hmm. And so far in the first three games this season, Washington has given up a long touchdown drive for the very first possession for the opponents. I think the the shortest possession was like four minutes and something seconds, um, which was the Bills uh, this week. But it's been like five-minute drives ending with a touchdown. And we're getting the ball for the first time pretty much down every single time behind seven points. That's not ideal, is it? No. And, and honestly, you know, they got to the third and 10, the third and 15 on that first drive. And I was like, oh, my gosh, are they about to get? But I knew in the back of my head, I was like, no, this is what Too they good do. To be true. I mean, this is what they do. It's it's a couple of weeks ago. I feel like we were talking about the definition of insanity. It's this, you know, doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. That's the Washington football team defense right now. They they keep doing the same things. They keep making the same mistakes. And it, it, at that point, is it a mistake or is that just what you're doing? Is that just who you are? And that's yeah. so frustrating to see when you know that they're in third and 15. And it might as well be, you know, a first and five for, for the opposing offenses. It is so frustrating. And I know I'm preaching to the choir. I know we all feel that way, but you got to get that right. You got to change something. I mean, if you're doing one thing, do do the opposite. I, yeah. I don't know what that means on defense. Like all out but blitz, like punt yeah, blocks. I mean, <laughs> lay down on the ground. You might as well do that. See if yeah. you can catch them off Fake guard. Them and, yeah, make them drop the pass. I mean, ah, so frustrating, man. Yeah. And you're right. It, three straight games. And who's – I mean, you got to think Matt Ryan is licking his chops because they're going to do that in Atlanta too. I mean, it, 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 it's awful. It's awful. Yeah, that was the first big thing was the the third and 10, and then it turned into a third and 15 with the flag. I was like, this, mm-hmm. you have was... like you have to get them off the field. There's literally no reason on third and 15 as an NFL defense. Yeah, and there, I, think was a, I think it was a receiver was a, with a false start. I mean, you don't even see that. They were shooting themselves in the foot, and you couldn't take advantage of it. I mean, it's just so frustrating in so many different ways. Yeah, then Gabriel Davis right between uh, John Bostic and uh, Kendall Fuller for the first down. And that was a, you know, consistent trend, not only this game, but the last two games before it was Kendall Fuller getting burned and getting beat. And he's supposed to be like a zone corner. That's supposed to be his specialty. He's not a press corner. He's supposed to thrive in the zone and he's getting killed, which is not good. Like they're playing to his strength and he's getting beat. So like, I don't think there's anything you can do to fix what Kendall Fuller's doing, unless you just move him like full time into the slot. That's one thing I wanted. I want to redo like, Whenever I, I doubt I'll ever have this much time, but like rewatch every single snap of him in the slot and see how much better it is. Cause mm-hmm. I'm re- I'm usually watching St. Juice on the outside just because I love St. Juice and I want to talk about him this episode. But I want to see how much more natural he is in the nickel roll compared to being on that outside in that like zone defense as the corner. Well, here's the thing, and you mentioned Gabriel Davis. I, I would have assumed it was Emmanuel Sanders because he he flashed he rolled the oh, clock right. back like two or three or four or five years. So to Emmanuel Sanders, but Gabriel Davis, that was his only catch one yeah. catch for 23 yards. I mean, that that's just proves that it is, is coaching. I mean, they, they used him in the one situation they needed him for the game and then didn't use him again. I mean, they were just picking you apart with everything. It just, they did everything right where you were doing everything wrong. And uh, it was, it was embarrassing. Now I will say the first touchdown uh, where Josh Allen, speaking of Emmanuel Sanders rolled out, and it's funny because on the preview pod, you and me really talked about like we knew uh, Payne and Allen were going to get pressure up in the middle, and they did. But Chase Young and Montez Sweat could not contain the outside to save their lives. Mm-hmm. It's like 
Josh Allen's like, okay, like even if you take my pocket away, I'm going to just move on the outside. Yeah. I think he had, I don't, this is, I, this is probably wrong, but I want to say two of his touchdown passes where it was the first time he had a multiple touchdown game where he was running over 10 miles an hour when he threw the ball. It was like next gen stats. I just saw at the bottom of the screen when they were getting ready for the uh, Eagles Cowboys game. And I, and I said last week, if you let him run on the outside, like it's okay to get pressure in the middle, but we have to contain him and keep him in that pocket and get him uncomfortable. He, but he was like, nah, I'm just going to run to the outside and throw this dime to Emmanuel Sanders. I'm not too mad. Like it's easy to get mad at Landon Collins for that, but Emmanuel Sanders is a total mismatch speed wise for Landon mm-hmm. Collins. He's way too fast for him. And that play, it took forever to develop. I mean, pretty much at that point, guys are just trying to get open. And that's what Emmanuel Sanders did. It was a dime by Josh Allen. So well, I put that more on the defensive line, not like keeping him in that tight pocket. And But, I mean, you can say he tore us apart, too, when he was in the pocket, too, because he had uh, some other beautiful touchdowns we'll talk about later on when he stayed in the pocket. Yeah, it's it's just mixing and matching. You know, you can have a good pass rush and then it not matter due to, to bad coverage. And you can have good coverage and it yeah. doesn't matter because – you're not getting to the quarterback and that, you know, that's exactly what it was. That's what Josh Allen does. He gets out of the pocket and he's not, he doesn't normally take off and run. He sets himself up to make a better throw, which he did what feels like a million times, but you're right. Chase Young, Montez Sweat, they, they seem like they were going up field thinking that he would still be there when they looped back around. It's like, no, he's going to get out of the way. He's not going to be there. I mean, you're creating a lane for him yep. and it's not a lane to run. It's a lane for him to pass. And you're right. They, you know, I don't know that the coverage was was awful every step of the way. I mean, there were times that it was, but uh, some of the times they were right with him. But, you know, there was no pass rush. He was able to put it perfectly because he had nobody in front of him. I mean, it just it was just a comedy of errors uh, in, in so many different ways. It was like, you know, if one thing wasn't going wrong, something else was. And, yeah. and, and Josh, he's. He proved why, why coming into the season that he was an MVP candidate. And and we joked, you know, was this going to be his breakout game? And of course it was. It was. Absolutely. He, they're, he, talking, they're talking about him being an MVP right now yeah, on, uh, and, on the countdown. And and how can you not? I mean, he was so good yesterday, and, and he made this defense look silly. Yeah. And you have to have a balance. I'm glad you brought up, like, the pass rush and the coverage. You have to have a balance. They have to help each other out. The pass rush has to get to the quarterback mm-hmm. to where he doesn't have enough time to read, you know, what's open in the zone defense, but specifically like the open spot in the secondary of who's open. And then same with coverage. You have to be on that guy long enough to where the pass rush can get to the quarterback. So you want this balance and it's not there at all. It it seems like, you know, if there is good coverage, Justin Herbert has all the time in the world to find exactly where he needs to throw and he can place it exactly where it has to go to Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, when he ate us up and same. I mean, Josh Allen had all the time in the world back there. I mean, that the second touchdown to Emmanuel Sanders in the back left end zone, which was a dime, he had all the time in the world. He just sat perfectly where he needed to be, set his feet, shoulders were lined up where it needed to be, and he just dropped it exactly where it was. If you have pressure coming up, those are the plays where it's not a good pass and it can be picked off because it's in traffic. And it just it hasn't been happening. So it was just – it was frustrating. And then, of course, we yeah. get the ball back or – and we're driving Terry McCorm with the beautiful first down. It's called back by that pass interference air quotes by JD McKissick. Yeah. I don't think that was at all. I mean, good Lord. If, if Alabama could lose a national championship game with the pick from Clemson uh, with Hunter Renfro who lied, then this is not pass interference at all. 
right? Yeah. I mean, I don't think he even touched him. I, I guess the one thing you could argue is that he's got to sell it as a route a little more. Just but like put your you hands like I'm ready for the ball kind of thing. Yeah, but it should be if you don't touch him, it's not pass interference. And he totally didn't even touch the guy. It was silly. They were just looking for a call there. And they try to – I guess they try to emphasize that rule, but sometimes they get a little ridiculous with it too. Yeah, and then the next key play, which was a uh, a big negative, and it's funny how like the knock on Heineke has been like this guy does not look to the left. He throws, mm-hmm. I want to say like sixty five to seventy percent of his passes to the right side, which is pretty. Like if we see it, you know, defensive coordinators see it. Um, but he decides to throw it to the left, and sure enough, it's it's an easy pick. And for me, it was just he felt like he had to do something. Like he had a lot of time. He was comfortable. The offensive line gave him the protection. And I tweeted out the picture today. He had a wide open lane. He could have easily yeah. ran for about 20 yards. without. Yeah, he would have been a, across the, the big Buffalo Bill yeah, logo. I saw the entire sure. logo in midfield. Yeah. And he said, um, I don't know if it was after the game or today, I was reading some quotes from uh, him talking, but he said he just, he felt like sometimes like in games, you know, and and yes, he, he's down seven, nothing. And you saw your defense just give up this opening drive touchdown once again. And he said, I just, I feel like I have to try to make something happen as a quarterback and you don't want that feeling and kind of made Ron, you know, bite back a little bit um, saying, you know, sometimes I just want him to game manage more than forcing stuff like that. Not, I, I don't think neither are wrong, right? but I, it just, it had that feel of like, he felt like he had to do something. And uh, the DB was eyeing Terry McCorn, who, you know, you figure he's, he's the guy who's going to get the ball anyways. And it's just an easy interception. What did you really see from that interception from Heineke? Yeah, so, I mean, more, you know, it, it seemed like both of his picks, just he kind of forced it, which which he certainly did. And, you know, we can sit here and nitpick on Heineke, but I think I think he's right. I think he had to kind of make a play, especially when uh, the defense wasn't doing anything. You, you don't blame a guy for trying to force it and try to score a touchdown on every play because your defense is giving up a touchdown on the other side every play. So, I don't really get too upset uh, about that. You know, Heineke certainly could have made better throws, could have made better decisions, but I don't want to harp on him too much. The one thing, you know, I think that that, that's fixable. I think, you know, we talked about him not wanting to take too many risks running the ball, being a smaller guy. I mean, I think that's what's gotten him hurt a couple of times. And so I think that might be in the back of his mind, but I think watching the film and going back and seeing what we saw with that huge opening, I think next time he's going to take it and he's going to bust it for 25 yards because he knows there's no, there's no, there's no chance of getting hurt. You're going to see the defender coming. You're going to slide down. You're going to be okay. And, and I wonder if, if Ron Rivera just being frustrated kind of said that as a game manager, I don't think that he expects Terry, I mean, uh, Taylor Heineke to be a game manager. That's just not his MO. That hasn't had, that hasn't been how he like is this wild side. But yeah, you, that's what you love about him. Yeah. You're, that's like, that's like telling Lamar Jackson, not, not to run. You know what I mean? I mean, not, you know, on a way lesser scale, yeah, but it's a weapon him. that he has. Yeah. And so I, taking that I, away, essentially, I think, I think that they're probably going to be on the same page. They're going to be like Taylor, when you see a lane that big, when you can see the entire logo take off running, if it's if it's you know you got to wait a second for a route to develop, don't panic and run. I mean, I think there's a, a happy medium between that, and I and I have to think you know maybe I'm projecting on Ron Rivera, but I got to think that that's kind of what he means. Like pick and choose your your battles there, and instead of forcing it, go take the the open lane. It's it doesn't mean you're any less of a quarterback. It means you made a, a smart play. Yeah, that was a that was like a little uh, a thread that I was kind of tagged in today on Twitter was like. 
it seems like he's being hesitant, you know, minus the the pylon dive, which he did once again um, this game. But it seemed like he was a little bit more hesitant. And we we mentioned it last week, too. Like, he was showing more of that sting in the pocket, passing mm-hmm. it against the Giants, didn't really run too much. And the people brought up on Twitter, like, is that, like, the coach telling him? Or is that more of him, like, saying, like, I have to protect myself more? And I think it's a little bit of both. Like, mm-hmm. Ron saying, like, hey, this is a long season. Or Scott, whoever, you know, really talked to him, Coach Zampezi, whatever. It's a long season, 17 games. You can't really put yourself in a situation kind of like what Dak's talking about right now on TV saying like, what am I running for? Am I running for a first down on third down? Am I running for a big gain, a touchdown? And is it, is it worth the risk of getting hit somewhere? I don't want to be hit. Like, what am I running for? Like, what's the meaning behind it? And plays like that when you rewatch it. Yeah. That's ones you got to just pull the trigger and go Heineke learn to slide it seems like all he does is dive every right. time he has the ball. So uh, go ahead. Well, and speaking of like a Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson, what I think that they do really well is they move, they run to throw. I mean, I think we've heard that a lot with the, the evolution of mobile quarterbacks. It's not just run to take off, but at the same time, they'll run when they have to, they'll run to to go get a big first down. Lamar Jackson will try to truck a guy on fourth and one to win game. I mean, you pick and choose like that. And I think that that, that with more starts that Taylor will start to get that and that he'll, he'll realize, you know what, I don't need to, I don't need to go all out for a third and four, you know, with uh, you know, 10 minutes left in the second quarter. Let me save that for the fourth quarter when it really matters, or let me save that for a run when I'm diving for the pylon, like I'm so good at. So, you know what I mean? Like, I think that he's going to learn that as he gets more reps and I don't, you know, I I feel like some people were kind of making a big deal about Ron saying that and, you know, kind of, Taylor being hesitant and they're not on the same page and trying to rein him in. I think, I think that they're going to sort that out. And I think that Taylor has proven that he's learned from his mistakes and you hope that he'll, he'll, he'll change that. And like I said, you know, I think the next time a big hole opens up, he's going to take off for 20 yards and you're right. Hopefully slide. Yeah. I was trying to find my paper from last week. Cause against the giants, we talked about how effective Heineke was in the play action and he thrived. Like it was ridiculous. Like that's where the touchdown came. Um, two rookie seals jones um it, it's just that's that's what I, f- I feel like the offense isn't really being catered too much to heineke like they're not really seeing like what he's doing well and i don't know it just seems like it's not clicking even though like he's putting up good numbers but i'm looking at like this game even more closely what are you gonna say i was gonna say and he only had six yards rushing i mean that and that yeah. was because he it, it wasn't there right. and he wasn't trying to force the run like i think he was doing i mean in, in the giants game sorry he only had six oh, yeah. yards rushing but you know, it, it seemed like he was he was not trying to force it. Um, and, and it kind of was the same thing with the Bills. But like we said, that when you got that opportunity, you got to take it. Yeah, I want to see more of, you know, moving your pocket. And you see that a lot in the NFL now, like I said, with Russell Wilson. Yes, they can throw from the pocket, but they can also, like you said, move to the outside and stay there. Mm-hmm. Not like take off every single time, but like move outside of the pocket, you know, see what's opening up and throw it. Like, obviously, don't throw it across the field, Heineke. Um, but like there's certain play designs. Like, I think more is going to come from it. Like we have to remember it's hard. Once again, we didn't expect to be in the situation where Heineke is a starting quarterback and he is completely different than Fitzpatrick. So I feel like uh, his name, coach Zampies and uh, Scott Turner are really kind of learning on the fly, even though he was here last year, I get it. Like he's not new, but yeah. it is like a different thing. So I'm yeah. trying to be a little bit lenient, a little bit more than the defense, well, obviously. I'm with you. Like, I, I almost don't even want to talk about the offense because they had them and the special teams had this within a seven point game. 
I mean, let, let's just put it the way it is. They had it within a seven-point game, and then the defense let them reel off, I think, another – what is that? My math's bad. 22 points before the offense scored oh, again man. in garbage time. I mean, I almost don't want to put any of this on the offense because they, they had them right there. The defense then allowed them to, you know, right before half to go down and get in field goal range. I mean, that was like a backbreaker. I mean, you, you can't afford to keep giving up points and you allow them to just scoot on right down the field and kick a field goal before halftime. I mean, so we, we can talk, we can nitpick at the offense, but they were they were bottom of the list when you look at the culprits in this game. Oh, and yeah. it's 100% for me on the defense. And whether you want to say it's coaching, whether you want to say it's individuals, whether you want to say it's a certain unit, I'm fine with all of it because it's all to me that reasons one through five they lost that game are all defensive related. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, like Gibson busting that long touchdown. Long Finally. Game. I mean, yeah. and he made a play happen down 21 nothing. You could have easily punted on that game and he gets you a, a huge touchdown, gets some momentum. I mean, yeah, I mean, there are a couple of positives to look at on the offensive side. There's not there's nothing positive to look at on the defensive side. Yeah, and you have to think about, like, obviously the Logan Thomas fumble. Um, Heineke threw one interception that was called back from a flag, and then he threw another one in triple coverage. And, like, what, third and 15, something like that mm-hmm. from your own nine. Like, you can't do that. And, like, rewatching it, even from his angle, you see three guys. You see Adam Humphreys. Don't throw it. So, like, for me, yes, we're going to talk about the defense a lot here now. Um, but I took a step back on Heineke this game just because of his decision-making. I did not like – you know, the the decision not to run like we talked about. I didn't like the two interceptions. The one that got called back wasn't his fault. I forgot who it was. I think that was Humphreys too. Hit his hand. Um, but the two interceptions, you just you can't have that, especially right. and maybe that's what Ron's talking about like with the game managers. Like, don't force, like, don't try to be Pat Mahomes. We don't that's not what we need you to do. Yeah. Um, but at the same well, time, look what he did against the Bucks and it, it worked. So and, and and honestly, I would I would be I would agree with that. And that's obvious what you, you know, telling a quarterback that, but it's different when you're down 21, nothing, then you're down 35, 20, you know, when you're trying to make a play, I get kind of forcing it. Had it been a one score game, you know, had he made that play when they were down by three trying to drive and tie it. Yeah. Don't force it. But I, I, again, I, I don't even, you know, you know, I don't blame him for trying to make a play. I don't blame Logan Thomas for trying to get a few more yards when the defense has put you you in such a bad spot. So, um, yeah, I know. I mean, the, the offense wasn't perfect, but at least you could take some positives away. Um, they fought a good yeah, Bills team, was, just a lot of say, mistakes. Three turnovers like that, you, that, that's a backbreaker against a good Buffalo team. Yeah, one of the ba- the negatives on the offense was they were trying to do too much. It was kind of like in baseball when you're down by five runs. There's no way to score five swing. runs on one swing, right? You're just swinging away. That's kind of what the offense was doing. They were trying to score two touchdowns on every play, and – you know, you, you can't do that, and you can't do that against a team like the Bills, but um, it, it doesn't compare to what, what the defense did or, should I say, didn't do. Yeah, we were just yakking up three-pointers trying to come back. Right, exactly, exactly. Great. <laughs> it's not going to happen unless you got Steph Curry on your team. Um, but, yeah, obviously I wrote literally defense is huge problem, <laughs> and that's just like the easiest way to say it. Josh Allen's coming out party, his MVP uh, candidate resume game, uh, 32 for 43. Yeah. Exactly. And Buffalo, 358 yards, four touchdowns, and obviously the one rushing touchdown. Um, And this is what we've been saying. It's been years, not weeks. It's been seasons and different defensive coordinators and different head coaches. The middle of the field is a black hole that offenses just love to 
find free passes. So intermediate passes, which I want to say is like, I don't know, 10, 10 plus yards, something like that. Yeah, he 10 was to 15 six, is, yeah. is what I would think, right? Yeah. 10 to 15. Good. That's good. I'll go with that. Uh, well, we can use this to help our math. Six, he was six for six, 106 yards with a pass rating of 118.8. So he didn't miss a single intermediate pass. It didn't look like it. So that number didn't surprise me at all. And then short center passes. He was 11 for 15, 97 yards and a touchdown with a pass rating of 112.4. So we keep saying it. And like you said, insanity. It's just, it's is doing the same thing and getting the same results and keep asking why. Why is John Bostic mm-hmm. on the field? Why is Cole Holcomb, John Bostic, and Kendall Fuller all within five yards of themselves covering the same zone on Emmanuel Sanders, third and three, and Cole Holcomb is 15 yards back? And right. then he's surprised when Emmanuel Sanders is there, and they're all three just kind of hanging out, talking about who knows what going on, and Sanders just picks up the easy easy first down so like that's that's what's driving me nuts is how is there just so much miscommunication and just how is it that bad like you've had so long you've had otas you've had training camp to get like it's it's like there's just not this connection like we see the videos like i i'm not saying people hate each other but it just feels like not everyone's on the same page they don't communicate and like I, i don't get it yeah, and it feels like that was definitely like the biggest issue under, you know, Joe Barry, Greg Minuski, but now it's continuing and it's like, who is not communicating? Is it the coaching not communicating to the players? I mean, it seems like they completely cleaned house. I mean, you've already said this, they've completely cleaned house and it's the same issues. It's like the same guys are not doing the right thing. And I don't know what it is. And maybe it is the fact that up the middle, that is where they've kind of swung and missed. I mean, that we think that they've gotten the defensive line right, or at least the pieces there, although they haven't played well, but at least they've spent some capital there, some draft capital there. They've spent some money on the corners, and you can say that they haven't done their job, sure, but they've at least tried to address it. When was the last time they got a good linebacker? I feel like they're always getting retreads. Um, I think they tried here with Jamin Davis, and you know he the book is still out on him. I mean, he certainly isn't a bust or – uh, disaster or the greatest at, at all, but that they've certainly missed a lot on, on the linebackers and, and the safeties, uh, Landon Collins, you know, he makes some plays here and there, but he's not justifying that huge contract. And so until they get a couple of those positions, right, it's like, is this going to continue? Is it, are they communicating? And this is just what those guys do. They're, they're incapable of doing their job. And if that's the case, then get them out of there. I mean, cut those guys. I mean, what I, I don't know. This is what it is. It's a lot of big names on paper that are not doing a thing on the field. Right. It's just saying, oh, we have all this talent, but we're not doing anything with it. We're not doing any schemes to help anybody out. We're not lining up guys where they need to be. We're just like hoping it just starts clicking. We're just sitting there waiting and just watching. Yeah. It's honestly with with how much they're like, you know, sinking back on defense, it's like they're trying to keep everything in front of them so they don't overrun something and, and blow it. And I'm like, well, you're, blow, you're, yeah, yeah. you're blowing it by by sitting back there. At least go attack. I mean, yeah. do something. Third and three, and you're 10 yards behind right. the first time marker, like saying like, oh, if he catches it, we're going to stop him. No, you're not because you didn't and you never have only guy that did was Jamin Davis. Yeah. You don't have the athletes. Jamin Davis is the only guy on that second level that can cover that ground. And you know, he's a rookie still trying to learn the system. Yeah. 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 Who was it? 
it might have been the running back out of I, I can't remember who, but I, I mean, remember. yeah, he actually made exactly a play. what you need to do. Yeah, yeah, he played he, the he, sticks. Yeah, he was aggressive, and maybe I get it your is zone. Being aggressive. I get the zone, but if the zone is third and two, you're not going to go back like ten and fifteen yards and say, "Oh, well, this is where I'm supposed to be." Like if right. I play Madden, this is where my little purple bubble it's, is. No, play the sticks. Like play smart. It's like playing in church league softball, and you see these outfielders that just back all the way up and just let balls just drop in front of them every now and then go little dive johnny and, ain't gonna yak it yeah go dive and catch it or step up a little bit i mean just go make a play yeah, sister okay. sue gonna hit it to second base <laughs> you're gonna I, have to run all the way up to get it yeah every now and then you're gonna get beat deep i'm fine if you're actually trying to be aggressive <sighs> and trying to make a play instead of let the play come to you which has been yeah. probably their biggest problem i think we just solved it honestly yeah that's we it. need to get in the coaching box on yeah, sunday save this, i'll be there I'll, i'm gonna yeah send it to uh Del Rio, if you're still here, uh, by the end of the week. Um, so one big can you hear that sigh? <sighs> yeah, I've sighed about a hundred times. I don't know if it's my sinuses, like I told you, or it's just my heart. <laughs> my heart hurt. <laughs> uh, it's both health related. Um, but the one positive was Jamin Davis finally did have more stat uh, more snaps than uh John Bostic. He had 41 and Bostic had 39. Bostic still um, let his presence be known in a very negative way. But like we said, Jamin Davis had that one huge stop on fourth down. That's what we need. And it's to the point where it's just like, push him out there. Let him just learn on the fly. I don't care if he makes mistakes. I don't care if he allows a touchdown here or there because it's going to happen anyways. Like you said, just let him learn. Get out on the field. See the action. Go get it. And same, I said today, same with Cleek Hudson. Our coverage sucks. We don't have speed guys. You know why we're getting beat in the zone? Is because you have John Bostic playing a zone. And when someone catches the ball, he is not fast enough to go get the guy. Mm-hmm. Khalid Hudson is. If you watch Matt Milano on the other side of the ball, he is one. He's been one of the best linebackers in the NFL this season. I'll say Fred Warner is the obvious number one. I'd say Matt Milano is probably number two, number three. I wanted Matt Milano so bad this offseason. Yeah, I also he's... wanted Corey Littleton, and he's been sucking. Yeah. But Matt Milano has been phenomenal. I forgot who was. I think it was Humphreys once again. Quick slot guy caught the ball and he is there right away. He anticipates it. Boom. Third down just knocks it out of the way. Humphreys doesn't catch it. We get off the field. It is that instinct and the speed and John Bossy does not have it, but they keep saying he's the vet guy who's teaching everyone, telling them everyone where to go, but he's not doing a good job because no one knows where the hell they're going on the field. Like, is, am I wrong? Yeah, no. And you know what? He sounds, that sounds like a coach. A coach can do that from the sideline and not on the field. You, you know, that's, he sounds like a great mind for a coach. So the take same him Davis. Off the field. That, yeah. This isn't your boy in Carolina. This is John Bostic who played most of his career in like the Steelers. Like I don't yeah. see what connection you have to this guy. If, if he's that good of a coach, give him a headset and let him talk to Jamin yep. Davis. You know what I mean? Like let him call the plays then let Jack Del Rio, you know, be up in the booth or something and relay the plays to, to Bostic to Davis. Uh, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. It, you know, at the beginning of the season, I could get playing it safe. You know what? Jamin Davis isn't really ready. We had a solid defense last year without him. You know, let's let Bostic and Holcomb figure it out. Well, at this point, you're terrible. You, you, your defense is ranked near the bottom in all these stats. What do you have to lose by throwing out your inexperienced oh, third down, guys? Third down defense. We're 30th in the league. Yeah. Um, uh, well, I look. I looked at Field Yates tweeted about it because it's getting it's getting noticed across the league. When you oh, yeah. come in saying you have a great defense, points allowed 29th, yards allowed 31st, passing yards 29th, rushing yards 26th. And like you said, 
Third down is awful. You're, you're terrible. You might as well switch it up. You might as well throw rookies out there because at least they can learn as opposed to these old guys that are probably going to be gone after this year. I mean, the only old yeah. guy is Bostic, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Now, I was looking at uh, defensive uh, stats today, and I tweeted them out. We are third worst in the league in passing yards. You know who's one and two? The Bucks, who are down like three guys in the secondary, like starters, and then the Ravens, who is down like Peters, and I think they're down somebody else too. So like, we have absolutely no excuse. We've had 123 passes thrown to us. We've only intercepted one. And that was William Jackson third, who I think has been playing well, just like I think Ben St. Juice has been playing well, but some reason fans think he's been sucking as a rookie who's had to go against Mike Williams, a little bit of Keenan Allen, uh, Sterling Shepard, a little bit of Kenny Galladay, and then Stephon Diggs. You're seeing the exact same thing you should be doing with Jamin Davis in St. Juice. You're putting him out there. You're making, you're letting him learn from his reps, and he's actually been playing okay. Of course, he's going to get beat. He's a rookie. Do the same thing with Jamin Davis. I I don't understand. The the answer is literally on the other side of the field with another rookie, and and you're not doing the same thing. It's just, it's, it's maddening. I will say this. I have been pounding the table on this, and people have been saying that I'm wrong, and I'm not. Ben St. Juice played phenomenal against the Chargers. I dare someone to rewatch every single play that man was on Mike Williams. And this goes exactly what we said earlier in this episode. The defensive line has to get to Justin Herbert to where he cannot make those precise throws. If St. Juice plays those plays any better, it is a flag every single play. He is all over Mike Williams. Go watch the tapes. Even on the touchdown, all those little sideline passes, every single one, St. Juiced. Do the little, do whatever you want to. He locked him down. I'm telling you, St. Juice has been balling. But the defensive line is allowing Justin Herbert and Danny Dimes and now Josh Allen to just stand in the pocket and put the ball exactly where it needs to go. They're not helping out. The secondary, I'll say St. Juice, because he's the only one that's been really doing anything at all. And I don't know if there's a stat out there, but it'd be interesting to see how long the, the, the secondary has had to, to cover the receivers. Because no cornerback, Champ Bailey, um, Darrell Revis in his yeah, prime. Darrell Richard Revis Sherman, ain't coming here. Deion Sanders ain't coming. Right. But even those guys can't cover the field for that long. If the pass rush isn't getting home, you might as well just let them stand back there and, yep. and, and pick you apart, which they've done especially in the zone. Like your job as a corner is to pass off to your safety help who isn't really helping you at much. You know, if you check out the Sterling Shepard play that got dropped, uh, Stefan Diggs was wide open once again on the right side and Josh Allen just barely missed him. Like you can't allow these plays to develop that long. Same with press. I'm not expecting St. Juice to follow a wide receiver step for step for four seconds and be like, oh man, what the heck? He caught the ball. Well, no duh, but like, and he still is locking him down. So, and William Jackson third is too. It because you know why when they're playing man, they're playing press corner and that's exactly the kind of corners they are. We are doing exactly to their strength. Kendall Fuller. I don't know what his strength is anymore because he was a zone. He's a step behind or two. Yeah. He, uh, anyway, Fuller, it, yeah, I don't know. You um, got to hope. I think we said it after the Chargers game. You got to hope that they don't get beat twice because this is a winnable game against Atlanta coming down here to Atlanta. Winnable. It's a must won. win. It's, Flush, a, it's a must win. Yeah, absolutely. And we kind of said the same thing with the Giants game. You know, if you really looked at it, it was a must win. It's your, you know, only division game till December. This is the same way. It's, it's really your last winnable game. Uh, you know, where you feel good about a win going into this long stretch. We talked about it earlier. We're texting about it. But 
you know, don't let these same mistakes carry over. And so they did a pretty good job with that. They, they shored up some things between uh, Los Angeles and New York. They got to do the same thing here with Buffalo and Atlanta. You got to flush this one down the toilet, move on and not get beat again. Uh, otherwise, you're going to start snowballing. Yep. Buffalo had 29 first downs. We had 13. Um, they ran 27 more plays than us, which doesn't help. Um, they had the ball for 11 minutes more than us. That also doesn't help. Um, and then, of course, we had three turnovers and they had none. Zero. No fumbles, no interceptions. They didn't even like fumble it and get it back. Nothing. Um, they beat so you can't, everywhere. Yeah. You can't win a game like that. Literally every aspect except DeAndre Carter's leading the NFL in kick return yardage. <laughs> so Ooh. I guess that's a plus. But Ooh. now that everyone, the guy that all the uh, Twitter coaches said was going to get cut is uh, leading the NFL in kick returns. So that's good. I'll take it. Um, but yeah, like you said, um, something else that really stood out to me while seeing the snap counts is Jason Smith Williams had 23 snaps. Uh, Wise on the D line had 11 and two Hill had 10. I don't know how much I like that. I, I, I get needing fresh legs. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe chase young and Montez sweat just aren't conditioned, but I don't, I, I don't remember it being that much last season yeah. where like, 44 snaps are going to other guys on the edge. Like that's, that's not good. Yeah. Yeah. And we've seen that from the beginning and now maybe it's that, you know, Chase Young and Montez Sweat just aren't effective right now. Maybe you're trying something a little bit different, you know, maybe that's partially you felt the game was out of reach. And so you're not going to put them out there too many times with it, but you know, yeah, it is. It's, it's very odd that, you know, a guy called up for the first time is getting 10 snaps, like you said, and wise. And then, uh, Smith Williams, who's probably your your fourth, um, you know, your fourth rusher, is getting more than your third. It, it is it's very confusing, yeah. but not not much of the defense has done uh, has made a lot of sense. So it, it kind of it, it makes it's sense in a way that that they would do it that poorly or weird or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I'm not I'm not going to be one that just rips Chase Young and Montez Sweat. I I will say Dron Payne and Jonathan Allen did. Like rewatching the game, Dron Payne first drive was getting across the middle. I mean, and they both got beat a couple times. Our whole D line got beat a couple times, but Jonathan Allen, to me, is hands down our best D line, and he's showing that so far this season. I think he has what three sacks. He's got three, three sacks. The rest of the team has three. He is the only D tackle in the top. I want to say twenty or twenty five in sacks in the league. You know how hard it is to get sacks from the inside that's supposed to go to the edge guys who are coming in from the blind side, getting the quarterback rolling out and getting, getting those sacks outside linebackers and like three, four defenses getting those sacks. It is so hard. So to me, that is impressive that JA is getting all that pressure across the middle. Mm-hmm. And there was one play that stood out to me. I saw it on Twitter. Um, the Buffalo guys that I went on the podcast with uh, cover one, by the way, like awesome guys. Um, he tweeted out a video. I didn't catch this when I watched the game, there was a play, the one play where Josh Allen throws a little short touchdown to Zach Moss in the end mm-hmm. zone, Chase Young before the the play stands up and he's like yelling and he's like pointing at the ground. Then he points to the running back and he's pointing at the ground and yelling again. And he's like kind of standing up and he kind of like leans over. And as soon as the ball snap, he like rushes past the guy, but he goes to the inside and just keeps running. Like he just goes straight yeah. past Josh Allen and Allen's just like, and he just slowly like, struts the outside like okay there's nothing on the outside now because you you were it you were the edge guy and you ran on the inside so i'm just gonna go 
right <laughs> and you're gonna keep running past yeah. him he just found he could have easily walked it in but he just kind of like dinked it to moss like it was and, the easiest touchdown of his life and watching that you you wonder you know was chase just fed up and he was gonna do you know play hero ball and try to go make a play or was he telling somebody who wasn't in the right spot you know be here and they weren't you know it's so hard to tell with how bad this defense yeah. was and you don't want to speculate because obviously like you see that and you don't know what he's saying. You don't know what the context is. You don't know what the play was supposed to be run, but you can't, I can't imagine Chase Young, you know, just in the brief time that he's been in Washington. I know he he's frustrated and he said it, but I can't imagine him just completely disregarding a play like that and pointing it out. Like, Hey, I'm going to go do the wrong thing. You know what I mean? I just don't see that. So it just shows again that there's just some sort of disconnect there. Well, and it wasn't like a Luke Keekley, like, Hey, this is the play they're running. I don't know what he said, but he mm-hmm. stood up and he was just like pointing to the ground. Then he pointed in the backfield and he was just yelling. Like he was looking like behind them and to the right kind of thing. I don't know. But, and we kind of talked about it on the uh, preview show. Like your job as an edge guy, sometimes like against these mobile quarterbacks, it's not to just completely run to the end side and let the quarterback have nothing on the edge. Like you're it. You're the only guy unless you have like a linebacker blitz, which we never do coming from that side or something like you're it. And as soon as you're gone, there is nothing on that side of the field unless a corner or safety just comes up, leaves their guy to get Josh Allen, but there was nothing there. So mm-hmm. I just, I don't know. I saw, I saw a lot of things that I, I knew I would see. And then a bunch of other little small things when I rewatched the game. Um, Cam Sims snaps also went up to 20. Not that, I mean, it meant anything. He didn't really do anything. Um, but I think we we both agree. This, this next game against Atlanta, this is a different kind of measuring stick game. Like, if you lose this, like we talked about the games after that. The Saints, who look like they have a dominant defense, their offense is so crazy. I, mm-hmm. I don't know what to think of it still. It's, it's one yeah. of those wild card things. Um, and then you have the Chiefs, Packers, Broncos, who else? Raiders. It's not in the same order, but it's just all teams. And like the teams are like, oh, they're going to be bad this season. Like the Raiders. No, they're actually really good this year. Yeah. Like and we talk about it on like the, the schedule breakdown and like looking ahead, like teams are going to pan out differently. Raiders. And it looks like, yeah. The Raiders, Broncos, Panthers all look like probable wins coming into this season. They they, this they better be. Yeah, they're com- they're combined nine and zero this year. So, the, yeah, it, it it's why schedule predictions before the seasons are so silly because then you get in there and you're like, oh my gosh, Sam Darnold looks like a legit quarterback. Derek Carr has figured it out, and Teddy Bridgewater, all he needed was to move to a mile high altitude. You know, I mean, it's. But you're right. Yeah, they got to they got to beat Atlanta. They should. But at the same time, Atlanta gets a win over the Giants and they got to think, oh, I, we can put together back to back wins against a bad uh, Washington team. So you can't take them lightly. You got to come down here and take care of business. But I, I don't think it's going to be easy at all. Yeah. Traveling to Atlanta, by the mm-hmm. way, not that they have like much of a home field advantage, but you still have to travel. Um Kyle Pitts hasn't done anything. We'll say it once again. This is going to be Kyle Pitts' coming out game. He's going to look like he's back at Florida in the SEC. Um, and it's, their offense is really weird, and we're going to talk about it on our preview show. But, like, it's like Cordell Patterson is, like, their running game slash receiving mm-hmm. game, which I would not have expected at all. Obviously, they have Calvin Ridley, so a bunch of, you know, studs on their team. Yeah. But there's also a bunch of guys who are like, they shouldn't be scoring points on us with Mike Davis and Cordell Patterson in the backfield. But anyways. Yeah. There's still a lot of football left, you know, left in the season. Anything can happen. Things can turn around. But yeah. like we said, you, you we can't see the same things over and over again. Like, hey guys, we just got to get better. 
how like what does that look like show me be about it and and ron said the biggest thing on defense was guys just not doing what they were supposed to do not being with their assignments not communicating and if it doesn't improve against atlanta like i don't know who it's going to look good against you know yeah it's not going to be the chiefs it's it's not going to be the packers we're gonna we're gonna look like dollar general defenses against those two guys if we don't get better but um anything else you want to add about this game before we uh dig it in the ground and act like it yeah let's just move on i think we talked about it enough you you know it was bad enough we don't need to keep reliving it i think we got some i think it was a good therapy session got some frustration out and so hopefully the team does the same thing moves on and um moves on to atlanta and uh, like we said a winnable game but not something you can take lightly so that'll be next we're going to break that down on wednesday with former Falcons receiver Brian Finneran, longtime Falcons receiver. Now he's a host down here in Atlanta on 680 The Fan. So he'll give you a player's insight, but also kind of, you know, what's going on with Atlanta. They, they've they been slow to start uh, again this year. So um, it'll be interesting. It'll be an interesting one, but we'll talk about that on Wednesday. Yep. Heck of a guy. I always loved watching him play back in the day. And yeah. as you said, he's a great host. Um, so he's going to own us on our own show with the mic. That's okay. That's fine. Like, That's fine. I welcome it. You know, I, I like having cool guests on like that. But guys, this episode was presented by Ben Online once again. Check it out. Sign up. Get in on the action. We got a big game tonight with the Eagles and Cowboys going on. It's probably over by the time you listen to this. But these are the games that matter down the stretch. If you get a win over one of these teams, you know, might be the deciding factor who knows just like when we beat the giants that was huge for us this once again any kind of nfc east matchup is big but uh guys we will be back on a wednesday night so we will see y'all then peace thank you for listening to believe You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.